The following conversation with Kirsten Arias, co-founder of the Central Oregon Diversity Project, originally aired on July 31st, 2020 on the Radical Songbook on KPOV 88.9 FM High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. We talk about the song I Can't Breathe in this podcast, but I can't play the song here without getting permission from the artist, which I have not been able to do. You can find I Can't Breathe by her, H period, E period, R period, on YouTube. The Radical Songbook is hosted by Michael Funky. It is a two-hour show highlighting the role that music plays in social justice and protest, and that airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Kirsten Arias is on the phone with me, I believe. Are you there, Kirsten? Yes, hello. Hi. I always Hi. ask I always ask that question because I'm never confident of the technology or my ability <laughs> to master the technology or even use the technology. I'd, I would right. say I've never really mastered it. Um, anyway, welcome to uh, the Radical Songbook. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate your taking some time to um, to come on the the show with me. I I, um, I met just listeners. I met Kirsten uh, at a rally that um, the Central Oregon Diversity Project organized last week. Just to after after we after she had agreed to be on the phone with me, I thought I uh, of course I wanted to go to the rally, but also I wanted to introduce myself so that she knew who she was actually at least you know going to be talking to on the phone. So, um, so let's get right into it then. You're, um, why don't I, you know, I mean, basically what, what I, what I would like is to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners what the Central Oregon Diversity Project is, how it came about, um, what your goals are, what your, you know, hopes are for it and, uh, just, you know, whatever, anything you want to, want to say about it. So, um. And and a little bit and should I and I should add uh, I guess even before that maybe a little bit about yourself so people okay. get a sense of who who you are here in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my name is Kirsten Arias. I am 24 years old. I have been a Bend, Oregon resident for going on six years now. I moved here from Texas, uh, Wichita Falls, to be correct, where I was born and raised. Um, I moved here to help my mother run a opiate addiction recovery clinic here and then started in the um, nursing program at COCC and started a family here. And then, yeah, I just kind of kicked off, you know, getting involved with everything I could here, you know, to better help my community, which then goes into describe Central Oregon Diversity Project. Uh, first, it was a... It started off protesting. It started off with a group of women who were of color and who saw the tragedy still continuing in our country. And that was the constant thing of constantly getting on the media and seeing another killing and police brutality and another death and injustice. And I think it had reached a boiling point to where we exploded and it was like, we're finally going to speak up. And um, Josie Stanfield, who is the, the founder of Central Oregon Diversity Project, uh, she created it, um, and at first it was a Facebook group that grew immensely and became a, an actual organization. And in that process of time, Josie had dealt with some 
you know, un- unlawful behavior from a few police officers in Prineville to where she spoke up about it, and doing that caused a huge target on her back. So then we decided it would be amazing to group up as women of color and create this organization called Central Oregon Diversity Project. And, you know, we are a collective of diverse community members, and it's led by, you know, strong voices of color. Uh, us group leaders are both local women of color, and we formed this group in June 2020, and it did start, you know, during the Black Lives Matter movement that erupted across the nation following the murder of George Floyd and so many others. Um, we both lived and experienced the racism and systematic oppression that's unfortunately alive in many of our neighborhoods, and I feel like we have decided to take a stance to ensure that our children grow up in healthy environments, you know, as we are both mothers as well. Um, CODP is a group dedicated to uplifting BIPOC voices and experiences, and it's also an informational platform to where we can educate some of the unconsciousness that goes on in this community. Um, and we call it an unconscious racist, racism, and it's something that happens in most undiverse areas. So you grow up and you don't really know how to interact with people of color. You don't really expect to be around or, or some of the things you say you don't assume to be offensive because you aren't really taught how to grow up around that. And it's not something to, you know, not like yourself about or think that you can't fix it. It's honestly something that you just have to be educated on. And, you know, that's what we use our platform for on social medias. Um, our organization itself, you know, we are very involved in this community. We do a lot of donating. We um, get involved with, you know, community service. We're also endorsing city council um, candidate that's running. Her name is Rita Schwinberg, or she, I'm sorry, Schwinberg. And Oh my gosh, I think I just messed that all the way up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Her name is Rita Schwinberg, and uh, she is a queer woman of color. And she's running for the fourth chair in the uh, city council. And, you know, here we are figuring out ways that we can work in this community together. And what way, what better way to do it than to change the seats so that way we can expect change in this community. Um, you know, we also, as well, host events and rallies. And that way, you know, I mean, it's our, it's our First Amendment right to be able to do that. And we love teaching people that aren't educated on their rights. Yeah, those are a lot of things that Central Oregon Diversity Project is involved with as well. That's great, thanks. Yeah, um, the, here at KPOV on The Point, our show, that uh, our, our public affairs program, uh, Monday through Friday from 9 to 9.30, we will be, we will be interviewing, um, holding interviews with all of the city council candidates, including the one that you mentioned. Um, uh, so, but I, you co- co-organized, I guess, your co-organizer, Josie Stanfield is actually uh, lives in Prineville. Is that correct? Yes, she does. So she <laughs> so she was experiencing firsthand some of the issues that led to um, people of color deciding that they needed to go to Prineville to support her. Yes. So um, it became a a very big type of almost pointing fingers of who's to blame in the situation and. What went around it was very inappropriate, and it's, you know, if, if, a, if a really normal person was to really look at it, you would honestly say, is this really what the police, the police 
stand for, protect and serve, and yet now there's a target on this woman's back where she can't even stay at her own house, you know? And when she does, she honestly is starting to feel more of the sundown pounding of its environment because when the sun goes down, she can't even sleep because she's worried due to the threat that she has received by community members of Pineville and even people who don't live there, you know, ways that they'll get her back, as they put it. You know, she's going to get what she deserves for lying on the chief of police, as he said. And it's been a very scary journey for her, and I can only imagine the the emotion she feels living, having to actually reside in Pineville. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to I want to um, kind of apologize, Josie, if you're listening. I, during this pandemic um, here at KPLV, we're unable to have guests in the studio, and so we can only have people on the phone. And as I said, my my uh, my limitations on technology, I can really I've only figured out how to have one person on the phone at a time with me. But I would right. like to have I certainly would like to have Josie Stanfield here on on my show at some point. I uh, norm and under normal circumstances. I would ideally have both of you right here in the studio with me, but things are right. not things are not normal. Josie did, did want me to tell you that she is listening, and thank you so much for your support. Yeah, well, I want to thank thank her and you for for all the work that you're doing. You know, as speaking as as uh, somebody who's you know at 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 my age, um, I think I'm about I'm I'm almost fifty years older than you. Um, I've, <laughs> I'm really grateful as somebody who's, you know, spent a fair amount of that time working on social justice issues. Uh, right. I'm really happy and, and thrilled that there's, a um, there is so much, uh, of an uprising, literally an uprising of young people, uh, and people of color, but also white, white people who are standing up, uh, and and fighting racism in our community and around the nation it's really gratifying and and gives it gives me hope um in this time that where there's you know a lot to be concerned about with uh you know when we have a a racist in the white house and all of that so yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah so no, we uh, that's something that we love to you know express as well we have so much you know white allyship and we couldn't be more grateful and you know as well, we live in a community that's, you know, obviously, you know, predominantly more white. And to see so much support come from the people in this community has been amazing. Yeah. And the voices that speak up for us and the people that are like, you know, hey, y'all sit down and, you know, let us take the, the brunt force of it. Well, you know, and then on top of that, the, we hear you, we see you, they're listening to us. That's, it's an amazing feeling. You know, me and Josie, we... We both got a little emotional as we did an interview the other day. Uh, someone asked how liberating it felt. And, you know, me and Josie both just got emotional because when you really think about it, so for the first time in both of our lives, we've actually felt like we've mattered. We actually have felt so important and like we mean something and we are worth something more than just, honestly, the color of our skin, of what people see and hate towards it. We are so much more than... You know, just being called slaves was so much more than the past of what they've tried to circulate black history over. And to have that acknowledged and have that actual feeling has been so uplifting and liberating. Well, I would say, yeah, that's that's great. I, I mean, I would say that you are also responsible for, I think, helping to get some white folks in our community to understand um, 
that they need to be liberated too. Liberation is a liberation is a broad. I mean, you know, I, I'm as somebody who who again, I you know, somebody who grew up during the Black liberation, women's liberation, right. gay liberation period in history. I am really glad to hear the word liberation raised again uh, in the movement because I think that's really important. I think we have to really talk about the fact that you know when we're talking about dismantling racism and we're talking about uh, Black Lives Matter and we're talking about the role that capitalism plays in all of this, that it's really, it's about liberation. Freedom. It is. Absolutely. So you have, uh, a, you have a huge Facebook policy following as I understand it. We do. I believe it's almost at 800 right now. That's it is, great. It has grown incredibly. So so I know that you, um, in fact, there was an article in the bulletin recently about, um, and there have been several articles, of course, about the um, newly hired uh, police chief here in Bend, Mike Krantz, yes. and he's uh, hasn't taken hasn't taken the job yet. Uh, he doesn't. Right. He actually officially becomes the if if all of this comes out and there's there's a lot of issues going on, and I don't you know I don't really want to speculate on. On things, but right now, I guess the way I would say is, right now he's scheduled to take the job on uh, officially be here on the job on August tenth. Um, and you, you have um, have you had an opportunity to reach out to him yet to get a to get a meeting with him? We did uh, send an email out. Um, we haven't got a response back. I also know that our other organizers, the peacekeepers, right. Um, Luke had reached out as well, and it's been more of a no, you know, kind of thing. We don't want to sit down and talk. We don't want to talk with you guys. There's nothing really that you guys can give us or we can give you, and that's kind of how the conversation has gone. Um, I did have a, I was involved in a, a group Zoom meeting that was held by uh, and hosted by Embrace organization. Right. And, you know, we, I was able to ask questions, and so was a few other people. And it, it was a conversation, it was a few conversations that just didn't really sit well with a lot of us. Um, it seemed a little biased, but, you know, um, I, I'm not sure if we did sit down, you know, just him and Central Oregon Diversity Project, if that would go better, if maybe we could just hear us out a little bit more about what our concerns are. I do know that he doesn't feel like some of our concerns are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? And they're, they're, they're not here. He doesn't feel like our concerns affect Ben or Deschutes County and that it's not an issue here. But unfortunately, that's been what that's, that's one of the things we've been told our whole life. It doesn't affect us, the mass majority, so it's not that big of a concern. And unfortunately, we cannot, we can't no longer continue to go like that in this world if we want to progress and move forward. I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I had a, I, I have reason to believe, I, I mean, I think I had a, I had a conversation with Mike Krantz, a uh, phone conversation, um, a couple days ago, um, and and I'm not the only one that's doing. I, I don't want to like you know overstate this, and, but I I did encourage him to reach out to you and also to reach out to uh, to Luke uh, over at the central at the uh, Peacekeepers, uh, and I'm going to have Luke will be on my show uh, on this show uh, on the 14th of August talking about that. So. I, I think that I have, in, and also I would say that in conversations with uh, that I've had email conversations with uh, City Manager Eric King, 
I have I have reason to believe, let me put it that way, I have reason to believe that Mike Krantz will indeed be willing to sit down with you and talk. And and I think what I would what I, what I've learned over the years here in Central Oregon is having a having a one-on-one or say in, in this case it would be perhaps you and Josie talking sitting down with Mike Krantz and just talking and you know and airing your concerns straight straight to him and and getting his response. Sometimes those kinds of meetings can be very valuable, you know, in terms of really, oh, absolutely. you know, absolutely. yeah. So I, I do also believe sometimes they can be a little intimidating. Well, there's, I, I feel like some people get a little bit intimidated and, you know, one thing we, we know as us women, we represent that we, we are very forthcoming. We're very transparent. We say what we want to say, especially how we feel. And I think sometimes that can be a little intimidating. You know, I, I do. Um, so, I, again, you know, I'm sure maybe if we did try to have a, just a one-on-one sit-down, it could go it could go to some more places. Because I, I know the one thing that we ask the most is for police officers in any, anywhere, honestly, to start taking accountability, to start going through the training, to start actually doing things that, you know, if it was normal civilians, we would have. And it's like, you know, in order to be respected and in order to be trusted, most importantly, you have to have community that trusts you. And that's the most important thing. And in order to make them feel like they can trust you, you have to be open with them. So, you know, I I know me and Josie have discussed it, and I I do believe, you know, we can send him another email and, you know, try to schedule that so maybe we can express it in a one-on-one sit-down to where it's not as intimidating. Yeah, uh, and... You know, when you initially started mentioning intimidating, I thought and I, my first thought in my head was, "Well, you, you, don't, you and Josie don't strike me as the kind of people that are going to be intimidated." But then, as you talked, <laughs> but then as you talked more, I realized you were talking the other way. And I guess what I would say about that, you know, frankly, you know, is um, uh, he's just going to have to, you know, get past that, right? I mean, he his job is to represent everybody in. in 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 the community and and uh he he's he's not gonna he's he's gonna have to figure out a way to not be intimidated to not take right. it to not take it personally to do Absolutely. to to Most to understand yeah yeah and to show a little humility and to show i mean basically you know i think that's something that he um that he needs to needs to learn and and, and, I, and I will say this and i and i don't want I don't want to get. I don't want to be um, sounding like I'm. I'm defending the guy, but I don't know if he's ever been in a position like this before. He's always been kind of immersed in a police department, and now he's like in this town where he's going to have to learn how to be the public um, face and voice for the police, and that's a you know it's going right. to. It, it's not. He's going to stumble and stuff. So, the other thing, couple of things I wanted to mention that came out of that. Uh, uh, this is is um, he um, and Eric King have both expressed uh, interest in kind of re revitalizing and rebuilding. We have a we have a citizens advisory committee here in Bend, and it's it's been here for a long time, uh, and it's been woefully ineffective for a long time in my opinion uh it's done nothing i'm not sure that you never you can't you can barely find any news about it you have to really search the city's website to even find any information they are both expressing an interest 
in revitalizing that committee. And I would suggest that you and Josie and Luke and I mean I, I think people need to be on that. I, and I and I said this to him. I mean I think that young people he need, he needs to not only reach out to young people of uh, of color and people of color generally in our community, but he has to invite them to be part of that process and to be part of that committee. Yes, and of and I think that committee I think you could turn that committee into something that would be really valuable to the community. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, that, that honestly, that is the goal. You know, when people ask us, you know, what are you here for? Like, what, what is your future long time, you know, plan? And it's like, you know, who doesn't want to live in a community or a city or a county? Honestly, even a state that isn't com- that, that is fully complete of unity, peace and love to where you can wake up in the morning and not have to stress about if you go into that store, are you going to be oppressed? If you apply for this job, are you going to be oppressed? If you try to get a mortgage loan, are you going to be oppressed? You know, and not just even based on color. This is even for the LGBTQ community. You know, immigrants. These are for, honestly, anybody in the field, women. And it's like, you know, this is what our goal is, is to make sure that, you know, people that feel this way are represented and they have as many resources as possible, as many community leaders and organizers that can help them get to those resources. Because as always, that has always been something that has been talked about for many years. It's something that has been expressed about how there's not a lot of resources. And so, you know, I I feel like at this time where we are in 2020, why aren't there? You know, why aren't there resources? Let's make it happen. Let's stop talking about it. And let's actually put in the work to make sure that we no longer have to say, where can a woman of color go get, you know, um, a checkup? and it actually be given to her correctly. Where can a, you know, a immigrant who has moved here that's working on getting a visa, where can they go to get that without being immediately detained and ICE coming to get them? Where can a woman go, you know, shopping at without being, you know, sexualized? These are issues that no longer need to be issues here in America. And that is our biggest thing is building a community to where it becomes just that one. And we can't be that until everybody starts agreeing to that. Really well said. Thank you for saying all of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to let our listeners know that you are listening to the Radical Songbook here on 88.9 FM, KPOV, and KPOV.org. Before the top of the hour, I, I played a song. I, I often, I don't always, but I often ask my uh, guests um, um, if they have a song that they want me to play. And you asked me to play that song. I can't breathe. A very moving song by. Yes. Can you tell me what I, I, I had not heard that song, and I really am really grateful that you t- turned me on to it. I'll be able to play it again on the show. Uh, what What do you know about the artist? Do you know anything more about that artist? So her, that is her. That's her name. Right. <laughs> it is her, and it's H uh, dot E dot R, and she has been since she came out very vocal about who she is very expressing about being a woman, but also being a woman of color. And most of her music reaches those points. She has no problem expressing through her music her feelings, which is what art is. And, you know, of course it might make you uncomfortable. Of course you might not want to hear it. But one of her goals, as she always says, is to tell the truth. Um, you know, her, her music has been uplifting for me as well. Um, her real name also is uh, Gabriella Wilson, and she is an American singer and songwriter. 
Let's see. Uh, I do know that she rose to fame, I believe, by uh, being on Radio Disney. It was a few years ago. But um, I know most of her music is very, in a way, activism, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's a lot of things that she likes to represent is being a black woman and also being a woman. That's how, you know why her name is just her. So she's a great uh, lyric, uh, lyricist, uh, and that's why as soon as I heard her song, I mean, it was just such a touching song because it's what I, I know for myself as a woman of color, it's what I needed to hear. You know, and it's so true. And, and I think that it's one of those songs that makes you so uncomfortable because, as you know, at the very end of it, there's a dialogue. You know, she almost re- recites a whole poem in a way. And it's a lot of things that people don't want to hear because it makes them feel, in a way, as they would say, oppressed. It makes them feel like now they are this monster when realistically that's not what it is. It's an educational tool. And that's how most people really should sit back and take it as. It's not somebody attacking you. It's not somebody telling you that you're just this terrible, awful person because you, in a way, have been so colonized, in a sense, to have this unconscious racism to where you would clutch your purse if a black person walked on the bus with you because you're charitable, you know? Or if you saw a black woman in a store, your first assumption is, you know, she doesn't have enough money or she must be on food stamps. And the reason that it's like this is because it has been systematically created for any person of color to be seen as uh, feared or as criminals. And so, you know, I think that we can grow just as long as we start having these uncomfortable conversations. And so that's why I thought it'd be a great idea to play that song, because it's one of those songs that you really just start feeling uncomfortable, and you're like, wow, wow. It's not just certain people that feel this way, you know? It's, it's even a, a, a an artist who feels this way. Yeah. 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 So listeners, if you didn't get a chance to hear it or you want to hear it again, uh, I Can't Breathe by H period E period R period her. And um, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure you can just find it on YouTube. Uh, in, in, you know, and uh, so um, uh, just on a personal level, you have kids in, uh, in the local school district, right? Schools? Yes, I do. And um, you expressed some concern in a bulletin article recently about them going back under the COVID-19 stuff. I, I think that, what, what grades are they in? I have one son that was supposed to be starting kindergarten this year. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And yeah, my okay. other son, he was going into middle school at a high desert. Okay. So if I understand what's happening right now is you're, the, the older child will be still, looks like the school district's going to end up having people stay at home at the beginning. Yeah, that's, that's what I, so at first I got told that um, K through 5 would be going to school full time as yeah. a little and then I got told that the higher grades, 6 through 12, would be going part-time, which when the reporter asked me, I was in a way confused because I'm like, you know, aren't little small children more susceptible at getting sicker and, you know, getting dirtier and carrying bacteria and viruses and uh, more than they are big kids? So it would honestly make more sense if little kids went to school half-time and the big kids went to school full-time. Not to mention... <laughs> one second... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not to mention that the older kids, where they're going now into school and education, it is such a crucial part of their education. It is such a, um, it's more of a journey at this point from 6 through 12. It's when they really start fighting themselves. It's when they really start getting deep into education. And so to have that to where 
half of it's in person, half of it's at home, not to mention the, the curriculums are going to be, you know, completely messed up, not to mention the school activities and the socializing and all the fun experiences you get to have in high school and in middle school. It just gets taken away at this point. And I think that that's a, a huge hardship. And so when the um, reporter asked me how I felt about that, you know, I told him, I said, our kids need to be in school. But unfortunately, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So it's a catch-22. Yeah. And then a few days later, I got a call that stated, so now the little kids are going to be expected to wear masks full time. And so I'm like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you're asking toddlers and small children to wear masks all day in school that's just not going to work. You know how many times the curriculum is going to end up getting stopped because you're going to have to say, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't touch that. Hey, put your mask back on. Hey, come here. Hey, let's go wash your hands. Like, it would honestly be so stressful, not only for the teachers, because I can only imagine, you know, being a stay-at-home mom right now, it's already driving me crazy. So I can only imagine how a teacher must feel having multiple children. And then on top of that, it would be so crucial and stressful for our children. They would constantly feel like they're doing something wrong, constantly feel like they have no safe comfort zone, especially not at school. And they can't be free. They can't be themselves because in this moment, they will constantly be being told, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. They'll hardly ever hear it. Oh, it's okay. You can do that. So when I got told that, you know, I was like, yeah, my five-year-old's probably not going to start school and we'll just do it here at the house because that just, it wouldn't end well. I'd probably get a phone call at least, you know, 15, 20 times a day. Hey, Miss Arias, it's your boy, again, <laughs> you know, and I would be like, oh, here we go, you know, and I don't want to be in that situation. So right. I now I do believe that we did get a confirmation that uh, kids won't be starting school in the fall, thus, you know, until further notice. Yeah. Uh, you know, that. I know a lot of. I mean, nobody knows, right? I mean, nobody. I mean, it's just like it changes, it changes all the time, and 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 it's because we're in. A, it's just a whole different kind of thing uh, that not no, oh, yeah. nobody nobody knows that nobody's gone through this before. So exactly, uh, it, and and I think why people are so afraid of this. There's so many conspiracy theories. There's so many. Oh, the Democrats are doing this to us. Or, oh, it's the Republicans doing this. So Trump can stay in office. I mean, it's so heartbreaking that we can't just sit here and say, "Hey, there's really a pandemic going on. There's really a virus that is killing people." You know. Yeah. So how about we just listen and, and sit back? But unfortunately, it is natural for the human race when they can't understand something, yeah. and they don't know something, they fear it. And which, I mean, you could also break that into the racial issues right now. They don't understand what black people go through. They don't understand what people of color face. So they don't, they fear it when we stand up and say, hey, that's not right. So it's kind of the same thing, honestly, if you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to get back to Central Oregon Diversity Project. So do you have anything um, coming up? Um, any, any, Any events or activities that you want to let people know about? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for giving me this platform. We have so many new things happening. Um, right now, we are planning a uh, kids' school supply drive that will take place August 7th. And that will be the start of the, the, the time frame for that school supply uh, drive. And we will have drop-off locations, and we will be announcing those. We're, we're getting those set up right now with a few businesses that, of course, support BLM and support what we're doing. 
and uh, we are going to have drop-off locations. We are also taking cash donations so we can go shopping for the people that can't go into stores, unfortunately, due to health reasons. Um, and we do have all of our information on um, our Central Oregon University project page. Also, we are having a rally this Sunday in Prineville for, uh, you know, it's, it's, we call it a Chief Cummins rally. It's Justice for Josie. It'll be August 2nd from 4 to 6. And uh, let's see. Also, we are having a fundraiser for Rita. We're going to host that next week sometime. And then the, one of my favorites that's coming up, August 29th, we will be having a CODP kids event slash scavenger hunt. And this was supposed to be originally last month. It was supposed to be a huge event for children to come to. But because now we're in phase whatever and we have to follow precautions, we uh, decided if we did a scavenger hunt, like kind of like a, a geocaching that used to be a big deal back in the day, uh, that way these kids are following you know, precautions. They're, they're social distancing, but at the same time, they're able to get out. They're able to be active around our community and go to fun places in Central Oregon, get little goodies, get little hints, get prizes, and then they'll meet up at the finishing spot, which will be at Drake Park, and receive a big prize. Also, we um, will be planning on, I put out a volunteer sheet for people who would like to help us as we will be going to um, the Bethlehem Inn to do a cooking feeding for the homeless. And we will also be playing a community cleanup. That way we are taking care of our community and giving back and doing what needs to be done here. And, you know, as people have, have noticed, the homeless right here has increased tremendously and the roads are starting to get a little dirty. There's a lot of debris and trash that's going around in certain areas. And so we as Central Oregon Diversity Project would love to get together as group members and leaders and organizers and clean up our city. We are also going to be um, hosting more protests, of course, more rallies. That way this just doesn't die down. We don't want this to continue to be a, you know, hashtag and a, a movement trend just for the moment, something to get people to talk about. We're going to keep standing up. We're going to keep screaming. We're going to keep fighting, and we're going to keep peacefully doing it. Um, so if anybody, you know, is looking out for that, we will have that on our group page, Central Oregon Diversity Project, where we are also on Instagram as the same name. And today, me and Josie, the two leaders of Central Oregon Diversity Project, will be going up to Portland today to document the different dynamic and change of what Portland looks like now, now that the feds are gone. Oh, interesting. So yeah. That's, yeah. That's what we got going so, so the the page that you mentioned, Central Oregon Diversity Project, is that a Facebook page? It is. It oh. is a it is a Facebook page that anybody can find. It is considered a private group, but we um, approve most people that want to be in it. We had to start vetting it um, due to the threats that we were getting in our group page of yeah, yeah. specific people coming on there, and you know telling us that we're going to end up getting what's coming to us. You know, they're going to find us. They're going to come to our rallies and, you know, counter-protest. So we did make it a private group page, but anybody can look it up and find it and ask to join. Yeah. Um, our Instagram is very open, and it's Central Oregon Diversity Project. I'm sorry, on there. And it is an open page. You know, our Instagram is more used for announcing our events, announcing what's going on in the community, um, you know, selling our merchandise. And, yeah, stuff like that. So, again, it's a very open group page. But as for our group, we've t we, our goal was to make it a safe environment for people. 
Yeah. A safe place for people to gather that are like-minded and have the same views and same beliefs politically and, you know, community-wise and worldwide. And so that's, that's our goal is to make it safe. And unfortunately, we had some people that kind of came and messed that up. Right. But that's why it is now vetted and it is considered a private group. Like, anybody can join it and find it if they have the right motive. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you're getting harassed, but I'm also not oh. not surprised at all. You know, you've you probably noticed in the news recently that that our the Deschutes County District Attorney John Hummel has been taking a little bit str- a longer, stronger line against some folks who have been engaging in um, in harassment, at least uh, at least the public harassment at the uh, at the rallies. And I, I think that that's an encouraging sign to me. Um, well, yeah. So uh, me and Josie were actually. Um, harassed yesterday while we were eating at Kona Mix Plate on the Old Mill. We had two people that followed us and sat behind us in a form to intimidate us. And one of the same people that went to the protest that we do for smoke on stage came to where we were. I'm assuming they got a call. You know, we were both representing Black Lives Matter in our clothing, and he came and blew diesel smoke in our face while we were eating. And so John Hummel is aware of this. And Good. He did let me know that he's going to start taking things a lot more serious and cracking down on it so these people can stop thinking that what they're doing is okay because it's honestly not. You know, I've never felt more scared in my life. And what's sad is I was born and raised in Texas. Josie lived in Primeville. And yet Karen Ben, that's supposed to be, you know, just so full of opportunity and amazing and so welcoming I feared for my life once and I had to call the peacekeepers to come and walk me to my car and then follow me because we were being followed well it's it's up to all of us in the community to stand up against um, that kind of harassment and discrimination Absolutely. I believe you know is there anything more uh, Kirsten that you want to say here uh, before we close off uh, Honestly, I, th- I I really think that we covered it all. You know, I, I would, I hope that, you know, the people that are listening that weren't aware of what Central Oregon University Project is, because a lot of people just see BLM and they're like, oh, you're rioting and looting, you know, and that's the first thing they assume. I would like for everybody that is listening to know that we are a diverse organization and our goal is not to, you know, fight violence on violence. And our goal is not to start issues. Our goal is to solve issues and our goal is to create a better community full of unity right on all right and yeah, that, yeah thank that, you that covers everything <laughs> great yeah no that was great i really appreciate it so as i said i'll be turning it into a podcast um i'm hearing a little crackling on the on the in my headphones i don't know but hopefully it'll sound it'll be the sound quality will be good so uh and right. it will the show will be archived starting tomorrow um, oh, wonderful! Yeah, at kpov.org. You just get listeners if you just go to uh, uh, the Radical Songbook, and yeah, so you can, Kirsten, you can tune in tomorrow if you want to hear yourself. Um, I will do that. Thank you so <laughs> okay. much, and thank you again for allowing me this opportunity. Well, that's our job. That's our job here, you know. And so <laughs> that, it's what we're supposed to do, and so I'm thank really you. grateful that I was able to get you uh, on, and I'm looking forward to continuing the conversations with you and with Josie and uh, with uh, you know having having Luke Richter on in a couple weeks and just basically continuing this because like you say you know we really need to sustain this movement we can't let it die we really need to sustain it and um, that's that's how we're going to win you know absolutely thank you thank you so much all right take care of yourselves be safe up in Portland thank you okay bye 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 
Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and a program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.